You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 39, Worthiness is Simple. So what is worthiness? It is a word that carries a lot of interpretation and a lot of baggage. And yet, what is it really? I think we have a tendency to complicate the whole thing, and in the process, we end up feeling unworthy. The message that I hope to leave with you today is that worthiness is simple, and you are already worthy. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. And friends, I am coming to you live. I feel like an a weather forecaster because I'm holding a big fat puffy microphone as I record this, but I am currently in the middle of a massive windstorm with winds, what I think have to be hurricane level. We woke up to several trees down all around the neighborhood, even trees that are over a hundred years old, missing things from our house. Part of our roof came off. There's been lots of damage that has been done and the storm is still raging. And yet I am loyal to podcasting and I'm showing up to be able to share my message with you today. But if you hear any of those sounds in the background, you will know why. I want to say thank you to everyone who's left a review for this podcast or has taken the time to share it with a friend. As you may know, I'm not active on social media. This is a deliberate choice that helps me have creativity and focus to be able to make this podcast the best that it can be. The only way this podcast actually grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. So thank you so much for taking the time to share this with your friends and to support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from Lisa Lou M. She says, just hearing Brooke's voice gets me excited and motivated to try a little harder to be a little better. I have learned so much from her podcast and I feel a sense of hope each time I listen that I really can become who God wants me to be even if it's just by doing one small, simple thing at a time. Thank you, Brooke. Lisa Lou, thank you for the review. I love that you feel like you really can become who God wants you to become. This is a great introduction to what we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to invite you to expand even more. You can become who God wants you to be, and you are also already who God wants you to be right now in the present. There's a lot of power that comes in the vision of who we can become. And when we can bring that into the present and connect to that with who we are right now, things come into greater alignment. And I'm excited to talk more about this in this episode. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. If you've been meaning to leave a review and you haven't yet, will you please pause this episode and do that right now? Your ratings and your reviews and your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Today, I want to talk to you about worthiness. As I mentioned earlier, I think this is a word that carries a lot of interpretation and it can carry a lot of baggage. And yet, do we really understand what it means? I think we have a tendency to complicate the whole thing. We confuse perfection with worthy. We confuse standards with worthy. We confuse our actions with worthy. We confuse meeting a checklist of questions or deeds with worthy. But when we're really talking about our own individual worth, 
our own worthiness is actually quite simple. Worthiness is defined by Webster's Dictionary simply states having worth or value. Do you believe you have worth or value? If worthiness means having worth or value, could you agree that you are worthy? The quest to be worthy, it's at the heart of every human soul. We desire to have worth and value, more specifically to feel that we have worth and value and to see it, to experience it. We want to have our worthiness confirmed in our hearts. We want to know that we matter and that we belong. Sometimes it's easier to learn about what something is by learning what it is not. Unworthiness, by contrast, would be something that has no worth or no value. Have you ever felt that feeling before? Yeah, me too. <laughs> it isn't fun. It feels uncomfortable and it feels horrible. I remember the first time I fully understood what it felt like to be unworthy. This was clear back when I was 10 years old, back in 1990. <laughs> back then, the way that the meeting schedule worked for church, we would have sacrament meeting. And as soon as that was finished, everyone would stay in the chapel and we would have a little hymn practice. After that was done, we'd go to Sunday school. And I had a calling in church to play the piano for this hymn practice. Earlier that day in sacrament meeting, a 12-year-old boy had played a musical number on the piano. He played the classical piano piece, Elise by Beethoven. This was a piece that I had learned years earlier. I could play it by heart with my eyes closed. <laughs> Unfortunately, this boy did not know the piece quite as well. He only made it a few lines into his performance before he totally blanked on his memory. He got flustered, so he started over, and then he stumbled at the same place again. He started over again and again and again, and each time he would make it to the same spot and he would not remember what came next. So by now, everyone in the congregation is starting to feel really anxious for him, and we're all praying that he'll just remember the music so he can finish. His dad came up to the piano and sat next to him to see if that would comfort him enough to remember the rest of the piece. Eventually, he jumped ahead to some part of the piece that he could remember, and he finished the song. So sacred meeting ended, and then we had our hymn practice where I accompanied the song. Afterwards... While people were leaving the chapel, without hesitation, I decided I would play Fioralise as postlude music. Only I would not mess it up. I was going to show everyone how well I could play and what the song really should have sounded like. I will never forget sitting there playing the song and glancing down at my parents in the second row. I was sure they were going to be proud of me playing so well. Instead, my dad gave me a look of utter humiliation and he just shook his head and he mouthed the words, I can't believe you. A pit of dread formed immediately in my stomach and it was the first moment I consciously registered that maybe my choice to play this song today was not the best choice. <laughs> I had not considered how the boy would feel or how everyone else would interpret my move at all. I had a 10-year-old brain. I was only thinking about myself. 
my parents were very quick to educate me when we got home. Honestly, they didn't say much other than they were shocked and disappointed that I would do something cruel like that to show off and to show up someone else, especially in a sacred setting like church. I was told that I needed to repent of what I had done. I was 10. I had surely made mistakes before and probably uttered a quick, please forgive me in my bedtime prayers. But this time felt very different. My parents' disappointment landed on me like a massive brick. It was the first time I felt utterly unworthy. I felt like the scum of the earth, (laughs) the most horrible person for my actions. I was overcome with humiliation and just how public my actions had been. I surely thought that everyone at church must be as upset as my parents were. How could I have been so thoughtless and mean? God was probably mad at me too. How was I supposed to approach him? (laughs) I imagined that his face looked just like my dad's from the second row, horrified. That night I knelt by my bed in tears. I was really sorry for what I had done. I was embarrassed. I suffered in those awful feelings and I really tried to figure out what I was supposed to do to feel better. My parents had told me to repent, so I tried to think through the five R's of repentance that I'd learned at church just to make sure I was really thorough about it. I latched onto the R of remorse and I made sure I dragged my soul through some sufficient suffering. If I felt bad enough, I told myself enough times how horrible I was for making that choice, maybe then I would get to a point where I could receive forgiveness. This story would be really cool if I could tell you that I had a major spiritual manifestation of being washed clean and redeemed. It would be really awesome if I could say, like Alma the Younger, that I had a moment of clarity and that I just knew my sins were forgiven and I could stand and rejoice. Honestly, All I remember was just how awful it felt to pray. I learned to think of repentance as something excruciating. Mostly, I just remember how unworthy I felt. As I grew older, I had plenty of other experiences with unworthiness and the whole repentance thing. Those five R's of repentance, which by the way, I'm intentionally not reviewing here, always felt like dragging my soul through some checklist to make myself worthy to be forgiven. I had to atone for myself. If I finally got to the point where I had done enough repenting, then God would not cast me off into outer darkness. But rarely, rarely would I go through all that and feel worthy by the end. I just felt less bad than before, but definitely not worthy, worth-y of great worth or value. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, being worthy grants you special privileges. You can go to the temple. You can participate in ordinances. You can receive great blessings. To qualify, you have to be living up to a certain standard and answering all the questions correctly. With all these checklists at hand, whether it's from a style of repenting or in answering worthiness questions, it can start to seem like a complicated process to be worthy. But is it? What if worthiness is actually much more simple? We learned at the beginning that worthiness simply means of great worth and value. 
Do you think that ever changes for you? Does your worth and your value actually change? We can certainly vacillate between feeling unworthy and feeling worthy, but in reality, does our worth really change? When I set out to write my book, Living in Your True Identity, the most important message that I hope to communicate with people was that they have two identities. One is true and one is false. Your true identity, scripture refers to as your divine nature. This is the real you. Your false identity, scripture refers to as your natural man self. There really is opposition in all things. You even have opposition in who you are. Your false identity, it's the home of fear, worry, anxiety, comparison, lack, pride. Your true identity is the home of peace, joy, faith, happiness, growth, and possibility. Your false identity is unworthy. Your true identity is worthy. So why is your false identity unworthy? Because it isn't worth anything. It's of no value. It's of no value to you or to God because it isn't real. It isn't who you really are. And as such, the scriptures define it as an enemy to God. Why an enemy? Because it's worthless. It's totally a mockery of who God created you to be. In contrast, why is your true identity worthy? Because it's of great worth and value. It's your divine nature. It's who you were designed to be. It's the truth of who you are, a child of heavenly parents, made from the elements of light and love. This true self is always inside you. Just as God said, the kingdom of God is within you, your divine nature belongs to the kingdom of God. Your true self is always whole and always happy. It's always at peace. Nothing you can possibly do can destroy this divine self. It can't be broken or diminished because it is made of eternal substance. You can cover it up with your false self. You can disconnect from it by living in your false self. But your true self is still there and will always be there. It is the place of worthiness, your great worth and value. In this vein, you are always worthy. Worthiness is simple. Feeling worthy can be simple too. When you feel unworthy, it is because you are living in your false identity. If you want to feel worthy, then you simply need to reconnect with who you really are, your true self. Jesus Christ calls this redemption. He brings you back to your true self. He helps you let go of the false identity and to reconnect with who you really are. In the Bible Dictionary entry on repentance, it simply states that repentance is a fresh view about God, about yourself, and about the world. This fresh view is the reconnection to your true self. You now see yourself and God and the world through the eyes of your true identity, not the false one. You came back to your true self. In the story of the prodigal son in the New Testament, it actually uses really similar language. When the prodigal son leaves his father, 
He squanders his inheritance and riotous living, and he hits rock bottom, literally eating with the pigs. He has a moment where, as Jesus said, he came to himself. I'm going to repeat that again. He came to himself. What does this mean? He remembered who he really was, his true self. He remembered who his father was and that his father had enough to eat and more to spare. This moment of coming to himself gave him the courage to return home. And what happened upon his return? While he was yet a great way off, his father saw him in the distance and ran to him, fell on his face, embraced him, put a ring on his finger, a cloak on his back, and declared the fatted calf to be killed to prepare a grand feast to celebrate the return of his son. How is it that the father could be so generous? Why did he not punish the son for all his bad choices? Why did he not lecture him on how awful he was and make sure he really learned his lesson? This parable, of course, symbolizes our own heavenly father and how he feels about our own return. Specifically, our own return to self. He welcomes us because we are worthy. We have great worth and value to him. And the prodigal son is able to experience this return and take part in all that the father has because he came to himself. He reconnected with his true self, his worthy self. He remembered who he really was. Worthiness is simple. Reconnect with your true self. This reconnection can be instant. It can be fast and immediate. It doesn't have to be a checklist. It isn't perfection. It isn't even a set of questions that you answer perfectly. Worthiness is simple. Reconnect to your true self. In the most simple of terms, this is repentance. This is redemption. This is the glory of what God's atonement really is. We're brought back into his presence because we came back to ourself. Worthiness is simple. Reconnect with your true self. Would you like to experience just how fast this can be? (laughs) You can do this immediately simply through breath. If you're in a safe space to do so, I invite you to sit a little taller or stand up a little taller. If it's safe, close your eyes and allow yourself to take in a deep breath through the nose. Fill your belly with this deep nourishing breath and exhale through the nose. Take in another deep nourishing breath through the nose. Drawing deep from your navel and allowing it to fill your entire body. Imagine you have a golden thread coming out the top of your head, pulling you upward and exhale through the nose. Take another deep nourishing breath through the nose and exhale through the nose. Notice how your body feels. Allow it to relax, to open, to receive. Friends, this space right here, this is your true self. You are worthy. You are of great worth and value. 
This true self is always here inside you. Always worthy, always whole, always accessible. Worthiness is simple. Reconnect with your true self. Whenever you feel unworthy, come back to this place. Ideally, we want to learn how to stay in this space longer and longer until one day our very nature is changed and we no longer have any desire for evil. We no longer desire to disconnect from who we really are. This happens by practice. It happens by repeatedly coming to yourself. Worthiness is simple. (laughs) Reconnect with your true self. There's a reason that Christ is the very breath of life. Breathe in deep, receive his light and love, and reconnect with your true and worthy self. Worthiness is simple. Imagine your life living in your true identity. You are worthy. You are whole. Now look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and you wonder where to start? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things. Perhaps most importantly, to feel worthy, to truly connect with my true self. You hear me preach over and over the importance of the small and simple things in our life, and this one habit has changed my life. It's small and simple, but reaps incredible rewards. The key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. Challenges to do it for 40 consecutive days. And starting a new practice and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start an empowering new practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. You are worthy. You are whole. And I am cheering you on.